Welcome to the Hot Lava Podcast. My name is Kevin Acey, Padres beat writer for the Union Tribune. My boss, Jay Posner. Jay is in San Diego. I am in Texas. First road trip of the season. Jay, the Padres are four and three. They won their first three games. First three and zero start since 1984. We know what happened in 1984. Everything's great. They've lost three of four. So what I'd like to do is provide some perspective that we're seven games into the season. However, and you're going to laugh at me, Jay. I think that this is an important road trip. I think this is a revealing road trip. They play two bad teams. They say that they're deep. They say that they're resilient. Look, they've shown that they're deep and they're resilient mm-hmm. um, over the past uh, year and seven games. But I think, you know, it's time, time to win some games and, and, and actually hit the ball. Well, I, I won't <laughs> deny that it's I, – I can't use the words that it's like a big road trip or an important road trip, but – it's an interesting road trip. It's an yeah. it's an opportunity to take advantage of a situation where you are playing two bad teams. I mean, the Rangers gave up 25 runs in their first two games. The Padres haven't even given up 20 runs this season, and that counts all the runs they've kicked away and and everything. I mean, they've given up 14 earned runs in eight in seven games, which is partly why it's I'm sure very very disappointing to them and and almost everyone watching yeah. and frustrating that they're only four and three because they've pitched well enough to win every game. I, I guess if they were to go one and six or something on this trip, you'd start to be really concerned. You know, winning four out of seven all season would be really good, but you're, you know, you're not going to do that. You're going to have your ups. You're going to have your downs. This would be a good time to have some ups. The pirates are, are even worse than the Rangers. That's um, what I'm saying. Very possibly the worst team in baseball. I mean, this is a trip. When you look at it, they should win five or six games. Of course, we said that about the homestand and they should have won at least five, maybe six games and they weren't able to do that. So we'll see, you know, no Tatis is obviously uh, never a good thing. That's a part of why Jay, that I say that it's important is like, we don't want to read too much into this, but there's, you know, there were signs of, of trouble or things that are disappointing. You've touched on and we'll touch on some more, but mm-hmm. one of the things is like, you don't have Tatis. All right. You got all this depth. What are you going to do about it? Right, right, right. Because that's no. He's one of the guys who gets you out of slumps, and he's not there. Well, right, and but there are other guys. I mean, who's been written? I think today, you know, Manny Machado has one extra base hit, which and he's hit the ball hard. I mean, there's no question he's hit the ball as hard as anyone in baseball. Yeah. Um, but he hasn't gotten any extra base hits out of it except for the one home run. Tommy Pham. All we heard about was this was this was the year for Tommy Pham. He talked about. What a, what a big year it was for Tommy Pham, and, and it was his free agent year. And, and I don't know if maybe maybe he's in the pressing category that he's like so he's put so much importance on this year, although from what you've said about him in the past, hearing about him in the past, he puts importance on everything. Um, but I think, you know, he has an OPS around 500, I think, has no he's extra 174, yeah. Yeah, so they, I mean, they need Tommy Pham here to do something. And I, I obviously it should help having Trent Grisham back He's expected to be back today, be in the lineup. That allows you to have uh, Fam and Profar. I think you touched on this in the newsletter today. You can you basically have all four outfielders uh, in in the lineup, so that's a, that's a bonus. And it's a, a situation where this is this team should be better, obviously much better than it's shown the last four games. And and you know scoring what was it eight runs in those in those four games. You know Kevin Gaussman's a good pitcher. I'm not sure that any of the other guys they faced or anybody that you're going to, you know, Aaron Sanchez hadn't pitched in a long, hadn't pitched in the big leagues in a while. They should be better than they've shown the last four games. Let's put it that way. 
And so you touched early on, on the pitching and then, you know, you just said they should be better than they, they have been. The Padres pitching has allowed two, four, zero, three, three, one, and three runs. Okay. And I think one of those times was more than four. And in the four, they won that game. Right. Right. And I think the four, a couple of those were the, were three of those were unearned, right? Yes. Yes. So, so. Um, I mean, they were home. I mean, still after the error, Tim Hill gave up home runs, which seems it's still they're sort of earned, but not really earned in my in my book. But no, there's, they absolutely pitched well enough to win every single game uh, that they played, and and to lose three of them, those are the kind of games where you don't want to look back at the end mm-hmm. of the year and you say, "Boy, we missed out on something by a game or two. And you go, "Boy, back in that first week, look at those games we gave away." That's why. This is the kind of trip where you can't do that. You need to you need to play better, and you need to to win five or six games um, out of these seven. Yeah, what you said. Look, they might not win five or six, but what you said is universally true. This type of opportunity, this type of trip, when a team like the Padres or what we think they are, they think they are when they go on the road against the likes of the Rangers and Pirates, you're thinking five wins out of seven. That's just what a good. That's what the Dodgers do. That, you know, right. that's what the Yankees do. Not right. every trip, but that is what they're characterized by. And eventually you look up, oh, wow, 95 wins. That's exactly how it happens. The Padres, you know, would do well this year to go 10 and 9 or 9 and 10 against the Dodgers. That's how it is. Mm-hmm. But you then ended up going, you know, 6 and 1 against the Pirates or right. 5 and 2 against the Pirates. That's how you get to 95 wins. So that's what we're talking about here. Well, look um, at real quick, look at what the Dodgers did. On their first, well, there were, it was a road trip for them, but their first seven games, they played the Rockies. They got beat the first game, turned around, and, turned around and won three in a row. So they win three out of four against the Rockies, which, to be fair, is what the Padres did against the mm-hmm. Diamondbacks. Then they went to Oakland, a team that should be better than it's shown, but the A's are struggling right now, and the Dodgers won the first two games, and I'm sure they think they should have won the third one, except they continue to put Kenley Jansen out there as their closer. So you never know what you're going to get. And, and in this case, they got a loss uh, out of it. But they came out of that five and two, which I'm mm-hmm. sure going into the road trip, you know, if we were doing the Dodger blue cast or whatever we would whatever we would call it, we would have said the Dodgers really need to go five and two uh, out of the gate here. And that's exactly <laughs> what they did. So the I think the uh, I think the Padres are kind of in that situation here where they need to take advantage of uh of the two teams that they're, that they're playing. I mean, the Rangers and we can, I guess we can get into the Rangers a little bit now. I, I, I'll admit, I don't follow the, the Rangers too closely. So I was looking up a couple things this morning. So I wouldn't sound like a bigger idiot than I usually sound like their closer is Ian Kennedy, Kevin, Ian Kennedy. He's, he's almost as old as their general manager. Who is Chris Young is 41. Ian Kennedy is, is 36. And Ian Kennedy beat out Matt Bush to be the closer. Matt Bush is 35 and hasn't pitched until in the last two years in the big leagues. And we, we don't need to get into the Matt Bush history. But that's what they were talking about because their top two closers were, were lost, or one for the season and one's lost now. So that's the kind of team that the Rangers are. They gave up 25 runs in the first two games. They, to, to be fair, they did come back and win three of their next four. So they're, 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 they're three and three. And, um, you know, they, they throwing the pitcher tonight from, 
picked up from Japan, who's not familiar, of course, to anybody uh, that the Padre, on the Padres or, or basically anyone else he'll be facing um, for a while. Jordan Lyles tomorrow is, a, you know, we, we're familiar with Jordan Lyles. He's good enough to almost pitch a perfect game uh, as he was with the Padres. He's also bad enough to get shelled anytime he goes out. And Mike Fultanowitz with the, uh, was the former Braves pitcher who obviously sort of fell off quite a bit for the Braves to release him. These are the kind of guys you should take advantage of is, is the long way of what I'm saying. Yeah. So, I mean, the last two are, are I mean, uh, essentially journeymen. I mean, sure, is what, exactly. what they've turned into. Or Yes. Uh, and, and the Padres will counter with Joe Musgrove tonight, who had the really, really good six shutout innings uh, in his debut on Saturday. Uh, Chris Paddock tomorrow pitching in his home state. Uh, lots of family will be there. We know that's important to Chris. And Adrian Morahone on uh, Sunday. Uh, so, uh, you know, I think that anytime I thought that, you know what, Chris Paddock kept you in the game. He didn't go six innings. He doesn't deserve a whole lot of credit. But after giving up the three runs, I think two unearned. Uh, was that right? In the first inning, you gave up three runs in the first inning. Yeah. Whatever. And, uh, you know, he didn't give up any more. OK, uh, Adrian Morahone. Uh, gave up a couple solo home runs. I thought it was a, a really good start for a guy who had not pitched more than thrown more than 46 pitches in a major league game. So, uh, you know, these, uh, what you can count on is get, having a chance to win, which as you know, is my favorite cliche because it is incredibly true. And I right. actually think uh, save for like Snell Darvish and maybe what Joe Musgrove becomes, that's a starting pitcher's job. There's a lot more average starting pitchers out there and bad starting pitchers than there are excellent starting pitchers. If your starting pitchers are giving you a chance to win three runs or less, you got a good staff. Maybe not a playoff series winning staff. Mm -hmm. Um, That's a whole different ballgame. But right now, this staff is is excellent. And you made a great point because there's going to be a point where the bullpen goes into a slump and doesn't have a one ERA uh, and isn't stranding every runner that they get. And you're going to be like, damn it, you only won four out of seven when they, you know, were really good or whatever. So that, that's the thing. I was going to say, this is a good opportunity for for all these pitchers uh, the next three days. Thinking especially Paddock and, and Morahone. Morahone had to come out of the game basically because of where right. spot came in the lineup. Now you've got the DH. So here's a situation where, you know, you don't have to worry about being pitch hit for. So and I'm not saying Morhone's suddenly going to throw 105 pitches or even that Paddock will, but there's a chance here for these guys to go a little bit deeper into games mm-hmm. this weekend. And you're absolutely right about the bullpen. I mean, Craig Stammen's the only reliever who's even given up an earned run. I mean, I mentioned Tim Hill gave up the couple homers that came after an error, but those are the only two pitchers in the bullpen who have even given up a run. No, there's no question those guys have all been tremendous, but they're not going to have zero ERAs throughout the season. You're not going to go through like they did the other day and have three relievers throw hit with, you know, perfect three innings uh, the way they did the other night. So they're, they're going to have to hit the ball at some point. They can't score two runs a game and expect to get much out of things. And you already touched on guys that you have to count on that aren't delivering. And again, like, it's not going to surprise anybody if Manny goes on one of his tears on how he's hitting the ball right now. It's it's yeah, I mean, he was, how hard he's hitting the ball. Right, and he was terrible last April. I mean, look at his numbers at the start of last year, or not April, yeah. but yeah. in in July and everything. In the first so, part of August, right. Yeah. So, and then Fam. Now, you know, Will Myers is hitting. Jake Cronenworth is hitting. Victor Caratini's hitting. Um, so, but the Eric thing Cos- is... Eric Cosmer, Kevin. Eric, Eric Cosmer's hitting. I knew I was forgetting someone. Someone very important, Jay. Uh, <laughs> they have only seven home runs, and five of them are solo home runs. You talked mm-hmm. about uh, there aren't all an abundance of 
extra base hits and they're in runners in scoring position. Actually, they're pretty good over the course of the season. Of course, that was built up in the first three games because they're five for 24 with runners in scoring position (laughs) over the last four games. So they're fourth in the majors with 30 walks. Uh Uh-oh, 18 of those were in the first three games. So, you know, just whatever. Got to get back to to being who, honestly, here's another reason to not be too worried, who they showed they were last year. I mean, Mm -hmm. every single time that I thought, because last year it was hyper-focused, 60 games. Oh, man, seven games in, that's more than 10% of the season. This is big. But every time that you thought, oh, okay, well, here's where the, the old Padres show up, they didn't. So, of course, the other side of that is you could say is they showed last season what what we saw last season was 60 games, and so sure. over a stretch, if they had played another hundred, maybe they don't keep those numbers up. Uh, sure, I mean we'll you, have to you see. never you're never going to know, but I mean obviously they were very good last year for those 60 games, but they weren't good for all of them. I mean I remember right. the last time you were probably sitting in uh, in. Well, not the last time this, you were there hotel. for the playoffs, yes. but in, in that hotel in the regular season, the Padres had lost five games in a row, and it was sort of like, wow, this is, I mean, that was really a make-or-break type Fam of gone, Kirby Yates yeah. gone, right. lost five in a row, they just, the bullpen looked terrible. Oh, it was, and, yeah. And and that was when, you know, the, the whole Slam Diego thing started, and they won the next seven, sweeping the Texas teams, and everything turned around. So there's no reason to think that, you know, Having an earthquake there in uh, in Texas. No, I forgot we were on video, there. Jay, and I was putting some notes away. You know, it's just <laughs> I got a lot going on here. You know, doing my stats and stuff. Uh, so yeah, don't let don't let us keep you from anything. Uh, well, you're keeping me from lunch, but I don't want you to worry about that. No, uh, no, I still <laughs> still got a couple hours till my uh, till my lunchtime. So you're keeping me from the Masters. So uh, you know we're we're kind of, we're kind of even. Uh, even uh, right there. That sounds um, even. Tell me, tell me what you think. You've seen Trent Grisham in sort of over the past year, and then in batting practice and uh, yeah. extended hitting this time where he's been hurt. What can we expect? They took their time with him. Should he be basically at about a hundred percent? Other than I guess adjusting to game conditions or anything. I mean, physically and, though, they were certainly cautious with him. Uh, yes. I assume he's at a hundred percent that right now. Yes. That is exactly what they waited for. It's like, okay, you know, you want to talk about a team that is in it for the long haul or is thinking long haul is this guy could have started the season. I mean, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, it was, you put him on the IL, the earliest he can come back to is today. And they were completely fine with that. But what you said is the key adjusting to game conditions. One of the things that makes Trent Grisham who he is, is seeing pitches and being mm-hmm. the batter that he is. And so is that, oh, is that back right away? Oh, maybe uh, that's, you know, is it right from the start, he was in there even before he was actually swinging. He was standing there in, in uh, live BPs uh, against really tough pitchers, tracking pitches. So it's clear that that is something that they tried to keep because he looked really good in spring training. He was, I mean, man, he was uh, in the leadoff spot, by the way, and it was seemed pretty clear that's the direction they were going to go where mm-hmm. it is a last year's platoon with me and uh, Fernando Tatis. So I would expect that he would be in the leadoff spot, but that is a huge deal. Like just, you know, is Trent Grisham locked in right from the start? Because that is one of the main things that Trent Grisham brings to you. And and you mentioned the batting order and with Grisham at the top, one thing I thought of was, well, you could, you could have Cronenworth hit, hit second, but now you've got two, do you want two lefties at the top? I really like Will Myers high in the order 
And I know that they have their reasons last year why they tried to keep him down in the fifth and sixth spot most of the time and 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 try to, you know, sort of take some of that pressure off of him that maybe he felt as the, you know, quote unquote face of the franchise for a couple of years. He hit second the other day, hit a home run, you know, which sort of a weird home run. I mean, it was, you know, I think about an 82 degree launch angle, it felt like. Yeah, and um, it was like, I was going to say it was like 37 miles an hour. And it's just like, whoa, yeah, just kept... I've seen all these balls die at Petco this year. Right. It's like, that ball just was went to the seats. Yeah. Is there a chance we see Will Myers bat second and then, you know, Cronenworth drops to like the sixth spot or something? Or I, how how much do you I, think that Tingler likes sort of trying to alternate left and right when he can? Absolutely. Uh, or is it, yeah. Back to him. Absolutely big to him. I mean, and, and big to the organization, obviously. Mm-hmm. Let's all remember that Jace Tingler doesn't make these decisions in a vacuum. Sure. You know, he's not the guy who sat Eric Hosmer on his own uh, after, after uh, three <laughs> days. But uh, the, absolutely that I think that you could put Will second, and you already touched on the reasons you didn't last year. And, hey, it is what it is. If they don't think that Will Myers is ready to hit second because, you know, Will just does better down in the order – then okay, so be it, all right? We, we live with that. But the fact is, you're making $20 million a year. Yeah. You've shown over all of last season and so far this season. And I was looking, despite whatever, besides the home run, and uh, I was looking, what were Will's at-bats like live in the two-hole? Just because it's mm-hmm. been such a big deal. And he looked fine. He didn't look right. like he was pressing. There's something in his head. There was, he was fine. So I don't think that's going to be an issue going forward. And um, I personally look, I know that Jay Cronenworth has, has uh, had some really good at bats and that's a guy. I like him a little down in the order for that very mm-hmm. reason is that what he can give you down in the order. So now, uh, now if you're, if you're doing that, then you're going to need, and they could put Profar there tonight or they could put fam. But to me, if you're going to do that alternating thing and, I know Myers and Machado would be two righties in a row, but to me, Machado is a guy that it, it doesn't matter. He's going to he when he's right, he's going to hit anybody. So if you're going to have Hosmer hit fourth, then you could have maybe Fam, Fam hit Fam hit fifth, but he's yeah. you know you can't have 174 Tommy Fam in that. But at in this point spot. in Game Eight, I don't think you're paying attention to 174 Tommy Fam. Right. He hasn't so can, been Manny, but he's crushed some balls. Yeah. And, I think you still have to, at some point, you're absolutely right. But right now you still put fan fifth because you believe that he is capable of that spot. Right. So you put him there and then you can have Cronenworth hit sixth and Profar, maybe Profar seven and, and uh, Caratini uh, Caratini, and then have, um, I've lost my mind. Oh, Kim could hit not, you know, you could have Kim hit ninth at at this point. And and Kim, we should talk about Kim because it looks like he's probably going to play shortstop most of the time for the next at least for the week. I, I don't know what your thoughts are about Tatis and if he's going to be back in 10 days. Maybe we should start with that. I'm surprised that we made it this long and I'm actually grateful for it because uh, every time that I'm on the radio and it's it's absolutely the right call, it's just, it's 10 or 15 minutes of Tatis and it's, you know, right. and it's absolutely the right call because it's, it's a huge topic, but here we are 20 and a half minutes in and we are going to address Tatis for me, Jay, it's not so much when he comes back, though we'll talk about that. It's how long he lasts. And there is well, not no anyone question. in this organization that's going to tell you that they're confident. Now, they're not saying he's not going to, but there's not anyone that will tell you or try to fool you. Tatis, we're, oh, yeah, we're good. He's going to make it through the season. Absolutely not. I do believe there's a chance he comes back for the Dodger series, be it right away or sometime in it or the next week before the second Dodger series, because 
look, if he was feeling good already, and that's been the MO, is he feels mm-hmm. fine a day or two later, then okay, sure. But it's a matter of the work they need to do to maintain him being able to stay in that lineup. And then, quite frankly, to get a little lucky. Right. And my my question was going to be on, on that, and you touched on it a little bit, is there any benefit to resting for, as opposed to resting for 10 days, is there any benefit to resting for 20 days? Because at that point, he's more likely when he comes back to be able to last longer. Or is it just a situation which I, I have a feeling this might be the case, completely uninformed, but I have a feeling whenever he plays, he's going to be at risk no matter what. And waiting waiting 10 more days isn't going to make a difference. Is that the sense you're getting that they feel like, hey, let's just, if he's okay, we'll get him out there. We'll ride it for as long as we can. And when if it pops out again, then we'll then we'll have to make this decision again, whether we keep going through this or whether we have surgery. To me, the only issue in having surgery or, or not having surgery at this point, one or the other, is, is there any chance of long-term damage? And if the Padres honestly believe that there's no chance of doing more long-term damage, I have no issue, wouldn't criticize them for trying to ride this out because doing surgery now isn't going to do you any good as far as next year. Right. Um, Just because, yeah, do it a month from now. It's the same as doing it now. Three months from, right, or three months from now. Right, three months from now. So are they, I guess that's a long way of saying, are they just going to get him out there when when he feels like he's ready and sort of, you know, here we go, let's cross our fingers and see what happens? First, I'll say that, you know, I'm going to I'm going to ask the specific question that you asked, but mine only slightly more informed than you, because I have talked to orthopedic surgeons over and and former team doctors uh, and current team doctors, by the way, uh, over over the last uh, few days is that you are correct that. 10, 20, 30 days. I mean, we're not talking about the off season where, hey, give this guy three months. We're not going to do surgery. We think he can make it through the season. Three months of shoulder exercises and and strengthening and, and all that. And that'll make a difference maybe. Um, 10, 20 days, there, there isn't. It's mm-hmm. when he goes out there, this, we're talking about a joint here. It's an unstable joint. Look, look at all the things that we can do. Even me with my tennis uh, shoulder. Look at me. Uh, all these things you can do with your shoulder. Well, that just makes it more prone to come out. And the more it comes out, the more it comes out. That's uh, that's what we've learned here too with Tati. So I think when he's ready, he goes. But I do promise you that I'm going to follow up uh, when we get off this uh, podcast. I'm going to follow up and say, hey, would there be a difference between, say, 10 days in a month or, mm-hmm. or something like that. But it is definitely my sense that, and that's why I say, okay, yeah, I think that's entirely possible. He could be back in 10 days. Where are we at when he comes back in 10 days, two days after that, and six days after yeah. that, and a month after that? That is far more important. I, w- I want to hear more about this tennis shoulder. Were you, were you, did, oh, we miss a chan- did we miss a chance for you to be the next Roger Federer? I mean, what... Uh... Well, I, Could you have challenged for all these grand slams here? I certainly thought that I was better than I was, but I was pretty good. And okay. um, I'll tell you this. Yesterday, I saw my buddy Michael Gelkin. Uh, Michael Gelkin, a virile 33-year-old. He has a dog. This dog is incredible. I mean, it, it the straight line speed on this dog, he killed the combine. <laughs> it's amazing. So we go to this park, and he's throwing. And, oh, Michael just throwing. And I know I can't, but I can't let Michael down. So I take the ball, and I throw it. About seven feet, I threw the ball. Uh, no, a little further than that. But yeah. my uh, my velo is about 32 miles an hour. This shoulder is wrecked. So anyway, you know, most of us, by the way, could walk around with what Tatis has. So, right. uh, you know. That's that's not a big deal. Tatis, uh, a, a professional athlete, uh, is the guy who needs to get his shoulder fixed. Um, all right, before we wrap it up, you said you wanted to talk about Kim. 
absolutely convinced based on talking to people inside the organization and what I saw with my own eyes that, man, they're going to have to be really careful about this guy and, you know, how they match him up uh, facing pitchers that uh, throw hard. Well, the other day he faced uh, three pitches or he put three pitches that were around 95, 96 in play and he put them in play. Well, two of them were barreled up. I think that's a positive sign. And I do absolutely believe that their intention, it's at least on Thursday, their intention was to give this guy a period of time in which he could play and show what he can do as a regular mm-hmm. rather than, because they have a lot of options there sure. at, at the church stop. I mean, they got middle infielders, you know, in, uh, up the kazoo. And so, uh, and they can do a lot of mixing and matching, but I think that they would love to see Hassan Kim, you know, be a guy who can get on base a couple times a game for him and play a solid shortstop. And, and, and in order to see that they need to see him for a few games. Right, and that makes perfect sense. I mean, they did spend, you know, twenty-eight million, commit twenty-eight million plus the five million transfer fee, or whatever you want to call it. So, I mean, if they're going to make an investment like that, they obviously believed uh, in him, and and I would think there's no doubt that he would be the first option. The question becomes, and and maybe it's not a question if Tatis is going to come back a week from today. What I was going to say, if this is, becomes a long-term thing, which you know, unfortunately, it, it could be at any point after Tatis comes back. If it does, how much rope does he have at that point? Uh, and I guess, you know, we're not going to know. And, and we may never know because if he comes out and he produces, then he's going to be, you know, he would be the guy. So this is here. Here's another guy. Here's an opportunity for somebody to take advantage of a situation that he's been presented with and to produce and, and you know, and help the team. Absolutely. That's kind of what they need to count on. I mean, at some point, like I said, and why I was putting significance on this road trip, I mean, Tatis is gone. It's huge. Like that's a slump buster, that guy right there, right? Mm -hmm. You talk about what you Darvish did the other day, stopping the losing streak uh, of two games. That's, you know, he's a stopper. Tatis is a slump buster. They need other people to step up and it goes beyond Manny and Sam, though they need to you know, do that as well. Cause that's what they're getting paid for. But uh, Hassan Kim needs to, you know, Hassan Kim needs to be a good player. That's, that's all. He's not going to be Tatis. He needs to be a good player. Jorge right. Mateo needs to be a good player. Jake Cronenworth needs to be a solid player. Uh, Eric Hosmer needs to, you know, produce similar to what he's doing now. There we go. Jay, and we didn't talk about the defense. Let's wait until next series to talk about the defense. Some of these things are fluky. I know these guys are better than this. They work really hard. They worked so hard on it in uh, in the spring. I think it was maybe just kind of a, I don't know, a phase and some, some stuff. So. All right. Enjoy your weekend down there and your, your trip to Pittsburgh. And we will, uh, I know we both love that ballpark, that city. Oh. Good good time of year to be there. One of my so, favorites. Uh, Enjoy, uh, enjoy that, and we'll uh, talk to everyone on Monday. Thank you, everybody.